Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Vincent Man shook my hand and I realized, okay, no, I belong here. I can do this. What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. It's time to give her! It's time for the Deaners to come! The Impact Wrestling! Yee! Cody Dina, how you doing? I am doing great, Tom. How are you? All is good this end, thank you. How is lockdown with four kids? Oh, man, it's it's crazy. Um, both in a good and bad way. Um, <laughs> it was, at, at first, it was all roses, and uh, it was great, and I was able to say, you know... Oh, it's so great because I get to spend all this extra time with my kids, you know, and then the third week and the fourth week. And then by like week five or six, it was just like, oh, we were just all going crazy and uh, just needed to to get out. But I'm very lucky. I live in a somewhat rural area. We have a big backyard and uh, the kids are able to get out and get out and play and just get out in the sunshine. The weather's great here. So um, we have our days where it just gets insane. Sane, um, but overall, I mean, I, I can't, can't complain. I have four awesome kids and a wonderful wife, so it's going okay. We just have we just have our days. I noticed on uh, Twitter, it might have been it might have been yesterday or the day before, you pulled out all your old uh, WWF action figures for them to play with. Yeah, so in my garage, my man cave, where I've, I've I'm lucky. I've I've had a home gym at my house for a number of years now. Um, I would I wasn't one of those guys like a lot. A lot of my, my wrestling friends who had to scramble out to try to find uh, at-home gym equipment. I've had a man cave for a while, and out in my man cave with my in my gym, I've got all my all my old LJN figures, um, a number of kind of the new collector series in the boxes and everything. And in the corner of my man cave, I had. Um, you know, I bought, I don't know, like 20 years ago or so, one of those scaled rings, 10 to 1 or whatever it is. It's got the little turnbuckles, and it's very detailed. It's just been sitting in a box, and my son has really started to take to wrestling. And really, in the last week, he's just really started to show a lot more interest in it. And he's like, oh, I wish we had a ring to play with these, <laughs> with these toys. I'm like, well, actually, there's one right there. It's just in a box. And then his eyes lit up, and I just thought to myself, you know, if my toy wrestling ring when I was six years old, which is the age of my son, if that just sat in a box, 
I never would have found my passion for wrestling and my love for wrestling and my imagination to create these tournaments with my LJN figures and, you know, start becoming a, a booker by night. Um, <laughs> so, like, I just decided, you know what, whatever money I could get for this, it's nothing in comparison to the joy I can give to my son to play with this. So we cracked it out. Um, we, I, we all built it together, and my son has literally been playing with it nonstop um, since yesterday morning. So he's right now he's out on the trampoline outside in a lucha mask uh, doing front flips. So I've I've created I've created a monster. <laughs> you create a monster and a a a, a stand-in for the Dinas. That's right, exactly. Yes, a, a perfect stand-in when needed. Because um, because the Lord knows I can't do any front flips or back flips, so I'll leave all the flashy high spots to my son hey we're going on a bit of a trip today you and i cody we're taking you on to a desert island okay before we go we're going to give you three wrestling matches that you can watch uh on a, on a dvd so what would you like your first wrestling match to be well my first wrestling match um goes back to when i was the age of my son i was around six and I actually literally did watch this over and over again, like I was on a desert island, because maybe some of your younger viewers don't know what this feels like. Um, but I didn't have access to every single wrestling match ever, 24-7, 365. Um, the Internet didn't exist, and we didn't have this magical thing called YouTube where you just type in any match you want to see ever, and it's just there. So I had a VHS tape of WrestleMania two. And I watched Hogan versus Bundy in a cage literally at least five times a day, at least five times a day. So that match is something that I have watched over and over again. And anytime I pop that, uh, you know, into my DVD player now, it just brings a, a huge smile to my face. So that's definitely my first pick. Hogan and Bundy, steel cage. Hulk, this is it. It's King Kong Bundy and yourself in a steel cage as part of WrestleMania. Well, you know, brother, this is what it's all about. A winner and a loser. No way in, no way out. Five and a half weeks, brother. Five and a half weeks I've been living the pain. Now I feel no pain. I fear no man. Bundy, you're mine in the steel cage. Jesse the Body Ventura coming at you with WrestleMania 2 right out of Los Angeles. Bobby the Brain Heenan got to be the biggest day of your life. This is the biggest day of my life, and I'm the most proudest man walking the face of this earth. Because in some very short time right now, I am going to be the man that's going to be packing the gold. That's right. I'm going to be packing the world championship belt in this man's luggage. Because this is the new heavyweight champion of the world, King Kong Bundy. Now, King Kong, I'm worried. You know, I'm the man who tells it like it is, Bundy, and I'm worried that's a cage match. Your beautiful face is on the line in there. Well, just worry no more, because your fears are totally unfounded. You know, it's been proven by historical fact that every time King Kong Bundy and Hulk Hogan get in a ring together, that it's Hulk Hogan that winds up laying there helpless like a fish out of water, and it's Hulk Hogan that winds up being carted off to the hospital, and tonight ain't gonna be no different, Hogan. Fire up the ambulances, get them ready to go, because Hogan's going to the hospital again. And like the man said, Bobby the Brain, he's in the greatest modern professional sports. I'm going to be the next heavyweight champion of the world. It doesn't matter who likes it. Hulk Hogan doesn't have to like it. The man's going down. You know, it's like we said. The Heenan family, you don't mess with us. That's right. Bobby the Brain, King Kong Bundy, we're the next heavyweight champions of the world. We're the dominant force in professional wrestling, right, Bobby? You know, the doctors in Phoenix put Hulk back together again. 
Well, I don't know if he's back together 100%, but the doctors here in L.A. are going to have their hands full because he's going to be put in different pieces because there's going to be a brand new heavyweight champion, and his name is Bundy. Get used to it. King Kong Bundy. No more Hulkamania. No more Hulk this, Hulk that. It's Bundy mania from now on. The world's biggest and strongest, toughest champion the world of professional wrestling has ever had, and it's my privilege to manage that gentleman. Well, I got to tell you this. The man who tells it like it is, I believe Bundy's ready. I believe, Hogan, you're in for the fight of your life. Yes, we're going to turn this town on its ear tonight, Daddy. When I walk out of that cage and see Hogan laying there, L.A., look out! Beverly Hills, let's go! Come on! Uh, Hogan's one of your, your favorites of all time, isn't he? I've heard you say a couple of times. Is it, what is it about Hogan? I don't know. I think it's... I, I didn't think about it when I was a kid, and now it's interesting, you know, having my son watch and realizing that all the reasons that he loves him are the same reasons that I loved him. So my son will be watching, and he'll just be watching kind of an odd silence. And then as soon as he starts to hulk up, my son's eyes light up. He's like, oh, Dad, he's shaking. <laughs> and, like, he's just waiting for him to hulk up. And it's the simplicity of that. Like, we don't realize that kind of when we become jaded wrestling fans. And I became one when I was a teenager. You know, if you didn't do a moonsault, then you, you weren't cool. Uh, but I think to a, to a child, you know, simpler is better. And they, they can understand. They can understand that, hey, when I cheer louder, it makes that guy shake. <laughs> and it's very, very simple, um, but very, very effective. And his bright colors, his the simplicity of how we did it, his the way he could sell, I mean, it still stands up today. I can watch any Hulk Hogan fan, and it doesn't matter if I am, I've become jaded by the business or some of my other thoughts about what it is or what it should be. I mean, Hulk Hogan stands the test of time. He is He needs to be on every single person's Mount Rushmore of wrestling because – he was the master. He was the master salesman um, in, in so many different aspects. You mentioned that it was wrestling figures uh, as well as Hogan that got you into the wrestling world. Can you remember those sort of first tentative steps that you made uh, training to become a wrestler? Yeah. So um, when I was when I was a kid, like I said, when I was a Hulkamaniac, when I was five, I, I, it was just my dream to be a wrestler. And then the timing um, for me was you know in middle school kind of wrestling turned into you know plumbers and garbage men and these cartoon characters and it wasn't cool anymore i still loved it and followed it um but not as passionately as i did when i was a youngster but then when high school hit that's when the attitude era hit and this whole other wave of these amazing characters kind of came my way and i kind of fell in love with it on another level all over again and then started to learn that there was wrestling schools. I never even learned there was a such thing as wrestling schools, you know, until you had Mick Foley on TV talking about training with Dominic DiNucci. Um, and then I realized, wait a minute, there's schools for this thing <laughs> and, that I love. And I, I started researching and I, I found, I found a wrestling school. I was very, very lucky that I found a wrestling school that was within a few hours away from me. It was three hours from me, but I, I worked at a fry stand in my little rural town. Uh, I have a little rural beach town um, that's in, literally surrounded by a bunch of farms. And then there's this little beach town in the middle of nowhere. 
and uh, we had a fry stand there. And I, I worked there to save enough money for wrestling school and the gas money to drive three hours there and back uh, two, three times a week to learn to be a professional wrestler. What did the people who you work with make of your ambitions to be a wrestler? They just thought it was cute, I think, <laughs> because I was like this, this, you know, 140 pound skinny little kid. I was very athletic. I, I played football and basketball as an athletic kid. But I mean, you would not look at me um, when I was 18 years old and think that guy's a wrestler. He's built like a wrestler. I wasn't. Um when I played, when I played football, I was the quarterback, but I couldn't even see over my linemen. So when I was passing the ball, I couldn't even see who I was passing it to because all the big guys are standing in front of me to block for me. I couldn't even see over their heads. So I, I, was, I was small, I was short, I was skinny. So I think they just thought it was this. Oh, it's it's cute that he's going to try this, but I don't I don't think they ever thought that it would ever be possible that I would actually make it. Was there a moment uh, in your first couple of weeks of training where you thought maybe this isn't for me? <laughs> Definitely. It, well, not even the first week, the first minute. Uh, <laughs> my very first thing I had to do. My trainer was a wonderful trainer, a uh, wonderful man, uh, a great wrestler too, Danger Boy Derek Wild. Um, very, very talented. He did a lot of stuff with uh, NWA TNA in the original um, Asylum days of TNA. So you can look up uh, Derek Wilde, and he's done a couple things with them. Um, but the first thing he had me do was take a bump. And he looked me dead in the eye and said, if you can't do what I'm about to tell you to do, you can't be a wrestler. So all these years of this passion and pent up in me, and I'm like, I, I will do whatever this man tells me to do. And he just instructs me to do a back bump. And I landed in the middle of that ring, and I'm lying there on that mat, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. If this is what it feels like every time these guys fall down the ring, I don't know if I can do this. Like the doubt started right away. Uh, but I, I was able to do it. Um, I wasn't allergic to the mat. I was able to do it. I was able to do it again, and then I was able to do it again and again and again. And he made me bump almost 100 times my first day of wrestling school, um, I think, to try to run me off and to test me. But I showed up the next – I showed up two days later and uh, did it all over again. And then he started to realize, okay, this kid, he's got some heart. Um, but that first day, man, um, I went home. I couldn't even get out of bed the next day. And that's when the doubt really, really crept in. And I was thinking to myself, if this is what it feels like to be a wrestler, man, I don't know if I got what it takes. But uh, I, I went back for more. And 20 years later, I'm still still coming back for more. Do you have conversations with, with young Cody Deaners now that sound very similar to the conversations you had with yourself? Yes, yes, I do. Um, all, all the time, um, I have a lot of younger, younger people that were that come up to me and ask me for, you know, what's one piece of advice you could give me? And I have a lot of different pieces of advice, but I, I often have conversations with with young Cody Deaners, and um, in the last couple of years, I've I've found a second career for myself as a professional speaker. So I'm actually going into schools and sharing my stories w w with young people. So, man, almost on a weekly basis, um, well, at least before this lockdown hit and schools closed, I mean, I was traveling all across the country um, in, in Canada speaking to young people. And every time I would talk, I would speak to a young Cody Diener. Um, and it wasn't necessarily a dream about wrestling. It could be a dream about anything. Um, I think anybody can relate to having something that they're passionate about, but then that, 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 that doubt comes in and you start to wonder, like, 
is this really something that I can do? I think that's human nature. So I have these conversations with everybody, but I just tell them, if you really, like, really want this, then you're going to try your hardest at it. And the the things that come easy in life usually aren't aren't the things that are really satisfying. The most satisfying things that come your way in life are the things you work hard at. So if you really want something, then you got to be willing to put in 100% effort in whatever you want to do. What was the impetus behind you becoming a motivational speaker? Um, that happened by accident. I my old high school. Uh, an old high school teacher of mine asked me to come and visit my, my old high school and, and do a speech. They were looking for a speaker. Um, and he asked if I could come and thought I'd maybe have some cool wrestling stories and things to share about my life to speak to some of the young men, um, at my old high school. So I went in and I did that and it went really well. And they asked me to do it again and come back. And then another school asked me to come and do the same thing. And then it kind of snowballed. And before I knew it, I, I started to realize, wait a minute, if I if I actually kind of put in a little bit of work here, I might be able to turn this into something, um, potentially into a second career. So I, I actually kind of threw myself into that world, the speaking world, the same way, you know, almost 20 years earlier, I threw myself into the wrestling world. I started to throw myself into the speaking world. And um, in the last couple of years, I've, you know, I, I've, I've flourished on the speaking scene and in Canada, um, going into schools, speaking at conferences. And I'm so lucky because very rarely do you find something in, in life that kind of gets you, you know, excited and, um, get you nervous, a good kind of nervous and gets the adrenaline going. I found that in wrestling and I thought there's no way I'm going to be able to find anything else in my life that makes me feel like this and gets that adrenaline going. But getting up in front of, you know, a couple hundred or a couple thousand kids to speak to them and tell them stories, man, it gives me the same feeling as I, as I get before I go out for a wrestling match. So it's pretty amazing that I've been able to find something else that I'm passionate about and really change people's lives at the same time it's 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 pretty amazing so it all happened by accident my name is cody diener i'm a husband a father of four amazing children i'm a professional wrestler i'm actually the canadian heavyweight champion and i'm also a professional speaker i grew up in a very small town and i felt like i had small expectations put on me I dared to dream big. I wanted to be a professional wrestler, and nobody believed that I could do it. When I speak to young kids, I tell them that just because you live in a small town like I did, just because you might go to a small school, that does not mean that you should have small dreams. When I come down to the wrestling ring, I say, just give her. And what those two words mean is that no matter what your dream is, you've got to give it 100%. you got to give it 100% effort. you got to give it 100% of yourself. You've got to just give her. We are learning that whatever you do in life, you have to one, two, three. I think my favorite thing of what I do is bringing kids up to the front and letting them hold my championship belt. I want the kids to feel like a champion because I truly believe that inside of them, they're all champions. 
And I want them to know that. I want them to experience that. I want them to feel that. Ultimately, I think I just want kids to know that no matter what they're going through in life, they can dare to dream big. I dared to dream big. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The second wrestling match that uh, you're passionate about now for your DVD. What would you like your second match to be, sir? Okay, so my first match um, was a match from when I was a kid. My second match is one when I had just started to wrestle. And I got to go to WrestleMania 18 and watch this match live. And I got to watch Hollywood Hulk Hogan against The Rock. become 
I, I'll use the word jaded again, but I was I had kind of become like a lot of guys when they're early in their wrestling career. Um, they think they know everything, and they think they know you know what good wrestling is and how they can get a crowd to respond. And I was the same, like most young wrestlers. I think I knew it all, so I I, I came into that that show thinking I knew everything, and I sat there in awe watching Hulk Hogan and The Rock wrestle, and I got cut up. I got cut up in it. Um, because when you start to wrestle, one thing that kind of sucked for me, and I think a lot of wrestlers experience this is <sighs> once you become a wrestler, it's really hard to watch a wrestling match purely as a fan anymore because I, I was able to critique matches now because I knew why guys were doing what they were doing. I could critique their footwork or why they did a move here or why they, they decided to put that move there. So I hadn't been able to watch uh, a match as just a pure wrestling fan for years till that point. But I immediately, when that match started, I morphed into a five-year-old Hulkamaniac all over again. And I was on my feet going crazy for Hogan. And it just, it just, it just took my imagination over and I kind of got to be a fan again. And I just watched that match with my son a couple days ago and kind of got to relive it again with, with, with him while he watched it. And I could watch that match on my desert island over and over again. You got the chance to wrestle uh, in that WWE ring in 2004. What's your name? Cody Steele. Cody, where are you from? I'm from Rochester, New York. Talk us through that experience, uh, fighting Kurt Angle. It's pretty surreal because my goal when I was a kid was was to wrestle in the same ring as my my heroes. That was my main goal. I want to be able to say that I wrestled in the same ring as these guys. And uh, I started sending in tapes to the to the WWE. And I finally one day got a call from an amazing man named Tommy Dreamer who said uh, he watched my tape and wanted to invite me for a tryout match. And uh, I got to wrestle Kurt Angle on SmackDown, and it was it was just like a whirlwind. It wasn't even real. Um, people were complimenting me on how well I did. I actually, after my match with Kurt Angle, after finally wrestling in, in, in the ring and accomplishing that goal, I was coming back through the curtain and about to go back to the locker room. And as I'm about to go back to the locker room, I just hear my name. I just hear Cody. And I turn around. And in, I was in gorilla position trying to go back to the locker room. And I turn around. It was Vince McMahon. And he was sitting behind a table, right, a gorilla. And he stands up behind the desk. And he comes around the desk and starts walking towards me. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. I screwed up. What, <laughs> what did I do? You know, Vince McMahon is doing that signature Mr. McMahon power walk towards me right now. What did I do? And he stops right in front of me. He puts out his hand and he says, thank you. You did an awesome job tonight. And he shook, shook my hand. And... <sighs> To, you know, that moment, it's like not even real. When I describe that moment and even say it out loud, it's like it's like I'm describing a scene in a movie. It doesn't even seem real, but it was me. Like he's shaking my hand and told me I did a good job. You know, the guy that created this this world that I fell in love with as a kid, you know, told me that I did a good job and, and thanked me. So I think that was one of probably the most satisfying thing of the whole thing um, was getting acknowledged by, by the creator of this, of this 
world that I loved as a kid. Um, he shook my hand. So, man, it was just a dream come true. It was just, just very, very surreal. But uh, another one of the key moments in my career where I, where I think we we're, were talking about earlier about doubts, um, I kind of had a doubt in my mind about whether I belonged in a ring in the big leagues on TV. And I was able to hang that day with, with, and look like I belonged in that ring. Because that man shook my hand and I realized, OK, no, I belong here. I can do this. I can be a professional wrestler in the big leagues and make this make this my living what's a vince mcmahon handshake like <laughs> exactly what you'd expect <laughs> stiff <laughs> he, i feel like he squeezes your knuckles when he oh does yeah. yeah 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 i mean i wasn't my adrenaline was still going so i honestly can't say that i remember it being painful but i'm sure later i was holding my hand and wondering why is my hand hurt so much but uh no my adrenaline was still at full force at that point so i was just you know just standing there in awe just you know thank thank you sir uh you know not being able to really believe what was happening as being this young kid that just accomplished that dream. So it, it was pretty cool, man. You're currently in uh, your, your second run with TNA slash Impact Wrestling. Uh, your mm -hmm. first one was a memorable time uh, spent with ODB. Universal Studios! Easy there, Can you buddy. believe it? Yeah, I believe Can you it. believe this? Oh, man, my, my Uncle Jeb used to run the tilt to world at the State Fair, but this beats that. What a day, girl. We met Woody, my idol. We met Jaws. It wasn't too bad. I, I took care of him. You know, I'll protect you. I won these with my athletic prowess. We got Billy and Pedro. This has been the best day of my life. The best day of my life. Wait, more important, did you have fun with the dinner today, girl? Give her how, how did that all come about, and what was ODB like to work with? Well, that kind of, that came about, um, I always tell people, be in the right place at the right time. One of my pieces of advice, like, you just want to kind of be, when you're younger, um, you just want to be in people's faces and be available because you never know when an opportunity might come your way. You just got to be out there and available. So I was trying to get a job with, with TNA and I would go down, um, every summer for a couple of weeks just to, just to hang out. I was very good friends with uh, Showtime Eric Young. So I'd go and visit him and I'd, I'd get backstage and kind of get in the face of the producers and, and the people that ran it like Jeff Jarrett and, um, when an opportunity came up, um, my name got thrown into the hat. So they were hiring a bunch of international talent for uh, World X Cup, and they were going to create a Team Canada, and I was going to be on Team Canada, the new Team Canada. That fell through. They didn't actually make another Team Canada. They made a Team International. Uh, an amazing wrestler in Canada named Tyson Dukes was on that team, um, along with Doug Williams and a, a bunch of other uh, amazing talent got in that tournament. But I got signed to a contract with the intentions of being in that tournament and then never got put in that tournament. So, you know, I was I was upset and thinking, man, there goes my chance. But then, you know, the, the management got a hold of me and said, hey, you know what? This is actually better for you because we're going to bring you in as a character when the time is right. Um, and you actually, you'll have a more featured spot. So a lot of the guys that got signed for that X cup, all they ever did was the X cup and they never got put on TV again. Um, I got brought in uh, a number of months later 
as ODB's crazy fanatic boyfriend. Um, and I actually got a featured spot on the TV show and got to show, you know, that I could be a character on TV and working with ODB was, was pretty amazing. I think just the fact that she was so willing and open to work with such a crazy person like me, uh, to just put herself out there. And, you know, she had already established herself. Um, she was super over with the audience. Uh, she was really building her career and then they just threw in this stupid, crazy, wild buffoon like me to try to have her play off on TV. And she was all in, man. She, she didn't complain once and she, she had fun with it. Um, and we'd had a blast together. She's awesome. She's very, very, very underrated, um, as a performer and as a wrestler. So I, I had nothing but a blast with ODB. Uh, second time round uh, at Impact Wrestling. So you, you, you were, you were away in 2009. How did it come that you found your way back? Yeah. So, um, they were looking for, for some tag teams in, in Impact Wrestling, and I have, you know, always maintained a good relationship with um, a lot of different people that were in management with Impact Wrestling. Uh, Jeff Jarrett um, started uh, Global Force Wrestling, and I got in with Jeff Jarrett and Global Force Wrestling, and... Um, that was looking like I might be starting to do something with them. Um, timing wasn't right. Um, a lot of people know the story behind that, but you know, Jeff Jarrett was going through some issues and, and his time with impact, you know, his second time around didn't work out. Um, but I was in talk with the management with impact wrestling, like a Scott Demore and Scott Demore knows my talent not just to be a character, but also my in-ring talent, because I've wrestled for Scott Demore's Border City Wrestling for many, many years here in Canada, and they were looking not for singles wrestlers, but for a tag team, so I uh, started experimenting with some different guys that I respected on the independent scene, and one of them was Jake Something, and he became Cousin Jake. We formed the Deaners. And uh, Impact, we had some tryout matches with Impact Wrestling. They went very, very well. And then they signed us up to join the tag team division. So, again, just being in the right place at the right time um, and putting in the work. And good things can come your way. So that's what happened. And we are, I'm enjoying my second run with Impact. He's enjoying his first. And we're having a blast. Time has finally come, boys. Here at the Diener Compound, it's time to prove that great, great, great Grandpa Diener did not steal this land for nothing. Yeah! He wanted to breed champions. Yeah! And tonight, the Dieners become the Impact Tag Team Champions. Yeah! So let's do this for great, great Grandpa Diener. Yeah! Let's do this for Uncle Jeb. Yeah! Let's do this for Cousin Troy. Yeah! Let's do this. Yeah! For this guy. Yeah! is that to put together as a wrestling match as, as different as it is from a live wrestling match to suddenly go for cinematic style it's i've actually i've done some acting um before on, on some different television shows and it's a it's very much like like you, 
being on a television show where you don't get that immediate feedback from the audience. It's just a completely different animal. You know, you have different takes from different camera angles and it's a long process. And that day when we filmed that match, it was like a 10 hour shoot. We were there literally from the morning until the sun started to go down. It was a 10 hour shoot. So we don't have this, immediate feedback we don't have an audience to feed off of we're just kind of winging it and hoping that whatever we capture on film is going to be able to be put together by the producers in a in a good way we have this story mapped out and we just hope that at the end that story we've created will be good whereas in a wrestling match you know immediately if the story you've created is good because you have an audience to tell you if what you're doing is good or not and we didn't have that that day so um, we were very lucky. We have a, there's an amazing team at Impact Wrestling. One of the guys on that team is Eric Tompkins. He's an amazing producer with Impact Wrestling, and a lot of the a lot of the guys, myself included, we call him the Star Maker because he can he makes stars, man. He can turn whatever you give him, he can turn it into something gold. And uh, he 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 took the footage that we sent him um, and turned it in, in, into gold. And he, he created that uh, Diener compound match out of the crazy wackiness that we sent him um, as, as a layout. So it was, we didn't get the immediate feedback from the fans, but as soon as that aired, um, I knew that we had done something well because I got nothing but uh, positive feedback uh, from wrestling fans all over the world when that aired, just, you know, my, my Twitter blew up and my Instagram and everything just kind of blew up with, with people praising it. So that felt good knowing that we were able to do something fun and take people's minds off of, you know, the pandemic and the lockdown and the crazy stuff happened in the world. We could take their mind off that for, for even just a few minutes and have them enjoy something on a wrestling show. So that's pretty cool. I like to spring this on people. It's nothing bad, I promise. Uh, I like to ask uh, all the guests if they can take, if they wanted, to, if they could take a movie, an album, and a luxury item on the island. If I said to you, you could take a movie onto the island, Cody, what's the first movie that springs to mind? Oh man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're just throwing that on me, dude. <laughs> uh... Well, it's nice to get people's initial reaction to the first film that they would think of. Yeah. So, am I on this island by myself? Or um, I mean, I mean, technically, there's 32 other people there, that we, but but they'll be arriving in fits and starts, so you'll have some company. Okay. Um, well, if it's, a film, if it's a film that you like to watch on your own, you can go to a secluded part of the island and watch it on your own. <laughs> well, my my first thought was just to a just to a film that I've watched a million times since I was a kid, and it was uh, The Wizard of Oz. Um, which might seem like an odd pick uh, for a, you know a, someone in their late 30s who's a redneck from a small little town in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but that's my pick. Is I think I'm gonna have to say The Wizard of Oz. It was something that I watched a bunch of times as a kid. I've watched it with my kids a bunch of different times, and it's it's one of those films that stands the test of time. It holds up. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, whether I'm watching it by myself or with a group. I'm going to go with The Wizard of Oz. It's also a very long film, so if uh, you, you can get very bored on a desert island. So that can t eat up a lot of time if I'm bored, is I, I could watch uh, The Wizard of Oz on repeat. What about an album? <laughs> an album. Well, I'm definitely going to have to go with a Beatles album, and I'm going – which is a tough pick – 
But I'm going to go with uh, the Beatles Revolver album. Um, I became a huge Beatles fan um, just as I was going into high school. Fell in love with them. The only thing I listened to was the Beatles. And the Revolver kind of is the, one of the first albums where they really started to experiment and kind of experiment musically and come up with some really cool different stuff. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's definitely my pick, the Beatles Revolver. And how about a luxury item? A luxury item. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like, what is what's considered a luxury item? Like, is it, it something that you can take with you that will probably either remind you of home or just make you feel more comfortable or make living on the island a bit more easy well, for you? Is, like, what's is my am I able to bring a motorcycle to this island? Because yeah, of course you can. <laughs> All right, so Nick, we got... Nick Aldis is bringing one of his Jags, oh, so there you, you go. guys can race, maybe. Okay, beauty. I'm bringing my motorcycle and I'm whipping around that island on there. That's my, that's my happy place. It's the one one thing that my mind just goes a mile a minute. I think a lot of wrestlers can can attest to this as creative people. Um, my mind is just racing constantly all day long. But when I hop on my motorcycle, all my thoughts and worries I have just kind of just the wind hits my face and all the words go out the back of my head and I can just cruise down that highway. So hopefully this island has some good, nice paved roads I can whip around on. And that's what I'm doing. I'm bringing my bike. Your third and final match, Cody, what have we got? My third and final match is a match that I watch now. And I've watched, I've watched this, I'd say at least 20 times in the last couple of years. And this is, uh, Ricky, the dragon steamboat, versus Rick Rude, WCW 30-minute Iron Man match. It's going to start right here. 30 minutes on the clock, and the meter should be running. Got him. A gut buster right across the knee. Got him in the ribs in the early going here. Steamboat with a great move. Caught Rude with the ribs, and Rude may have suffered a broken or cracked ribs there, Jess. I'll tell you what, it's a good thing that Rude's in the condition he's in, but ravishing Rick Rude, obviously, obviously hurt by that early attack by the dragon Ricky Steamboat. But you know what I what I found disgusting about that whole thing, Ross? What? Steamboat kept his kid in the ring so that Rude couldn't do nothing. And the minute the kid got out, Steamboat attacks him. I really watched this for his first time, I don't know how many years ago. It wasn't that long ago that I, that I first saw this. I just kind of went into a... Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Vortex. Um, I kind of fell in love with him all over again because I, I actually got to work with him. He, uh, he was my manager on a couple of my matches for a whole weekend. We did a loop. I work with an awesome company here in Canada called Rock Solid Wrestling. Um, I'm the Canadian heavyweight champion with them. And he did a loop with our whole crew for a weekend. And talk about a class act. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is the definition of class. Just a classy man, a classy wrestler. Just so awesome. And just spent so much time with us as a crew teaching us about how to be better wrestlers and and uh, psychology, and oh man, he's just like a the, the amount of knowledge that that guy has is just really blows your mind. But I just kind of went into this Ricky Steamboat YouTube vortex, and I found this match. And I grew up on WWF, so I didn't watch a lot of WCW when I was younger. I didn't start to watch WCW until the Monday Night Wars. So a lot of that pre Monday Night War stuff, I'm not I'm. Of kind of discovering it um, 
in later years and i discovered that match and it just blew me away the the work rate in that match and the psychology and the story they were able to tell in that 30 minute time frame was just unreal so i i go back to that and direct other other young wrestlers to that match too if they want to learn about you know ring psychology working a body part and telling a story in a match that is the match to watch and where can people go to learn all about you? And in particular, the Giver for Charity stuff that you do. Yeah, they. if you go to CodyDiener.com, all my stuff's on there. Stuff about my uh, speaking, my wrestling, my, my charity work that I do. It's all there. That's my hub for all that stuff. And then that'll direct you to more specific stuff uh, through my through my social media, my, my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and everything is on there as well. So com is the hub to find all the information, all of that. Cody, it's been amazing to chat to you today. Uh, I understand you now have to go and uh, co-book uh, the wrestling figures with your son. Exactly. It's very important. We are going to do the same way I did it when I was a kid. We'll set up our brackets. We'll have the, we'll have the wrestlers all line up in their brackets. We'll have a tournament. And uh, in the end, Hogan is going to go over. It's, it's inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the rest that we grew up with. Exactly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 